0: Welcome a listener to another episode of Spam 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 Humbug. This is episode 123.5 of the podcast and we have the continuation really of a great discussion ahead for you today. Like I say, 123.5, we're picking up from where we left off last week. I couldn't really find a way to justify releasing like three hours of audio, but I also couldn't find a really good break point in the audio that allowed for the creation of two sort of cleanly isolated topically from each other episodes. So you get an episode and then you get 123.5 a little bit later. Uh, Topics we cover in this episode include things like Wayne Gretzky and hockey and differences in Canadian and US attitudes towards the sport, museums, why Canada's awesome, and some of the weird aspects of, you know, Canada's attempts to protect its culture, CanCon, and other cultural differences. We talk about the Red Green Show, Graham Greene, Dances with Wolves, Oscar snubs, differences in minecraft editions because hey topic shift why not doom and quake running on odd odd gosh i can't even talk this morning odd hardware and a few other things oh and by the way i apologize for the lower quality of the audio in this introductory segment i'm recording this outside on a headset but don't worry by the time we get into the main episode the audio will be just fine i'm sure uh, of course, as always, this episode of Spam, Spam, Spam Humbug is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the Codex, by that means, and especially a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Goldenflame, Chris, Brickbat, Dominic, Violation, Cranberry, Christopher, Bruce, Darkwright, Dragon, Helgraf, Gronk, Pascal, and Thorwan. And now, on with the show.
1: I've never actually sat down and watched a proper hockey match, but I've been around a lot of people who were fans of hockey, uh, especially a lot of Northern Americans who complained long and hard about Canadian hockey versus American hockey, and Canadians being what they called violent
0: goons. <laughs> well, well the some... players,
1: not the fans.
2: Yeah,
0: there's some truth to that.
2: It's, Canadians you know, it's just take because... it seriously. <laughs>
0: And I can never remember this guy's name, right? Like, I mean, most people over a certain age know who Wayne Gretzky is.
1: Um, I don't know who he played for. I just know he was a really good Canadian hockey guy.
0: Well, he played for the Edmonton Oilers for the longest time, and then he married an actress and moved to Los Angeles. Played for the Kings for the rest of his career.
1: And most of why I know he was a Canadian hockey player was because of the cartoon he had with Michael Jordan and uh, Matt. I think it was, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was, Bo Knows, the guy who was a hockey... Or, uh, sorry, a basketball player and a baseball player at the same time. Oh, it was football oh, sure. and player. Oh, uh, Bo Jackson was the guy. Oh, okay. It was yeah. basketball and football at the same time, or baseball and football at the same time. And uh, from what I remember, he sucked at both.
0: Yeah, Well, yeah. But, um, so, you know, Gretzky, right? Like, I mean, and, like, it, Gretzky is duly famous. Like, I mean, he had the scoring record for the longest time, and he was an objectively great player. Okay. But... There was, and I can never remember the guy's name, but basically Gretzky's wingman when he was playing for the Oilers. And all this guy's job was was basically to rain hell on anyone who took a run at Gretzky. Like so he was the he enforcer. Was the that was all he was. He was Gretzky's bouncer.
1: Okay. Again, speaking in MMO terms, it sounds like he was the tank while Gretzky was DPS.
0: Sure. Sure, that that's a reasonable way to put it, right? But exactly that. You know, you have finesse in yes. Gretzky, and then you have the goon just waiting to bust your face if you try and touch Gretzky.
1: Well, and that, that plays into, uh, uh, honestly, I hate to say it, American football tactics is you have the guys who keep the line to keep people away from the quarterback. Right.
0: I was a lineman. I played line. All right.
1: Or I was a defensive lineman. I actually lost a tooth because I got a good tackle in JV on a on a quarterback right as he was about to toss a pass. Mm. He waited until after the game, after I had my mouthpiece out. You know, as I was the going back, was
2: discontent.
1: Yeah, and I got a you know I got clocked right in the jaw, and well, actually not even right in not the caught. jaw, right in the chin. You know, lost one of my front teeth over it.
0: I uh, I busted my arm. But that's proven useful recently because, you know, my, my one daughter just had surgery for appendicitis and she's a little bit self-conscious Ooh, about the nice. fact that she's got a fairly sizable scar across her stomach now. And she's just could like... Could be worse. Could yeah, boy, yeah can die. it could be dead. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, actually just the other night, she's like, Dad, have you ever had surgery? I'm just like, yeah. Like, look, this scar and this scar. I've got two big scars up my arm and they're considerably longer than the one that she has too. Um, She's just like, Oh my gosh, what happened? I'm just like, well, you know what? Sometimes bones break in a way that doesn't make it easy to knit back together. So
1: I mean, I, I understand being self-conscious. You see six years ago, my well, actually I think it's seven years at this point, my mother was diagnosed with bladder cancer. Right. You know, without getting into too many details, she had to have things removed, you know,
2: as one several, sometimes does,
1: you know, several organs from her abdomen had to be removed, right. or at least two of them. Well, anyway, she's got two. She's got a tube coming out of her, you know, out of her front, and one that comes out of her back, one from either kidney, and mm-hmm. she's very self-conscious about that.
0: Right. My wife deals and, with people like this all the time, so I get that. And you know, I usually remind
1: her, Mom, I understand that, but consider the alternatives.
0: <laughs> there aren't many. And most of them aren't better. Right. Oh, I get that. And
1: it doesn't change the fact that, you know, despite whatever tube she's got coming out of her, mom is still mom.
0: Yep. it's no, very true. Uh, happier topic. Coming back to museums. Indeed. Um, so, Dinosaur Museum. Awesome. But, like I say, we Jealous. only go back every three years. But this linking event is a yearly event. So, what do we do for the other two? Well, TELUS World of Science awesome. is one of them. So, that's the... Edmonton Science Museum. That's not nearly so far of a trip. But that's the one that I'm not so happy about. Because the TELUS, A, um, doesn't feed us. You know, like we're purely just getting the space. Whereas we go to the other two places, there's food included. Um, And B, the TELUS runs their program stupidly late. Like, keeping five-year-olds up till 1 a.m.? Ugh, terrible. So, I'm contemplating seeing if the recently actually the royal alberta museum moved so it was situated in one spot in the city beautiful building but they built a completely new one which much with uh much better environmental controls and some other stuff so they can take on different and better exhibits um which is also downtown
1: yeah i just looked up uh tell us world of science on google and found One of the first links was something about the Mythbusters. I'm already That's the current,
0: yeah. So what they have is they have their regular, like they have a series of regular displays that don't particularly change. They just renovated their space display, but they've had this space display since I was four. Um, They have like a body focused display, which by the way is hilarious because one of the things in the body focused display is the toot organ. So it literally like just plays fart sounds on different uh, tones.
2: Best thing ever.
0: (laughs) And, and you can play the opening strains of the Imperial March on it. It's, it's so good. It's so good.
1: I would probably try, I would learn to play piano just to play the Moonlight Sonata on that thing.
0: (laughs) Well, I think there's only like about six, six or seven pipes in the entire organ. Like, I don't think it's even a full octave, but it's like, you know, it's enough to kind of just mess around with. And anyways, Um, So they have a bunch of like regular exhibits that don't really change. But then they have their, um, their rotating exhibit. So they've done stuff like they had the Harry, they had a big Harry Potter exhibit, they had um, the Star Wars identities exhibit, um, which is cool, because it also included like all of the set models. OK, so it's like, you know, you get to actually I have photos of like, you know, like this was the Star Destroyer at the start of Episode four. And it's this huge model.
1: I'm a huge uh, Star Wars nerd. I'd love to see that. But how would you get science out of Harry Potter?
0: Well, you know what? It's kind of more just it's it's the exhibit hall. Right. And it's oh. um, I mean, they they like even the Star Wars thing was more tied to notions of identity. Right. So we're getting into sort of the softer sciences. Right. Sort of more of a social science kind of thing. Um, but then they also have exhibits Sorry. like, um, the Pixar exhibit, which was very much all about like the technology behind Pixar. Um, I literally had to like pry my daughter away from the one thing in there, which was like, um, set design, you know, it's like, here's all your, here's your 3d space and here's all your objects. And like, you can oh, design man. Mike Wazowski's would, room. oh my gosh, I,
1: I would love to that. see that.
0: Oh. It was awesome.
1: One of my best friends, she does a semi... I, I would say professional in air quotes in that she doesn't make a living off of it. She makes a few right. extra dollars here and there. Uh, she does uh, 3D modeling of, well, battle mechs, actually. Uh, nice. Have you ever heard nice. of Battletech? I'm familiar with uh, it. Uh, she gets commissions by people to put her own spin on various battle or battle mechs, you know, and that shows she will... Take her time. And a project normally takes her several weeks to several months, depending on how her creative juices are flowing. Sure. And how much detail she puts into it. But she will make models for people so they can 3D print them out and use her work as their actual mechs in tabletop play. Oh, nice. And so she would probably love to see something like that, but she just does it off of her home PC, the one she uses for gaming even, using, you know, easily available
0: uh, tools. Some of the tools that are out there now are, you know, like they're fairly, they're not as resource intensive as you would think they should be for what you're creating. Um, But yeah, no, it was awesome, right? Like we got to see, you know, basically the entire Pixar creative process, right? Like, you know, oh my gosh, like they actually, you know, here are clay sculptures of some of the characters from the different movies, right? Like, that's what they start as. Those are their reference models. And then, of course, you know, how that translates into the software and then how they, know, oh, it was great. They had an Indiana Jones exhibit. They had all kinds of crazy stuff. And so the latest one is this Mythbusters thing, which I think my kids tried to go to, but like the first exhibit in there involved like a dead body in a coffin, and they were just like, nope, 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 nope,
1: So An actual dead body or like simulated or what?
0: I think simulated, but I don't really know. And at any rate, oh. my kids just put a big nope on that. So they went back to the space exhibit.
1: I have to admit, I am a—I used to be a huge nerd about the MythBusters, especially when C4 thermite. Yeah. You
2: know,
1: I, you know, I'm—I may be, you know, a super nerd in my own ways, but I have simple pleasures. Watching things explode is one of them.
0: Mm, I have simple pleasures too. Putting blackberries in this uh, in this glass before I poured whiskey into it—frozen blackberries—that was a good choice. No, I love watching things explode too.
1: I, Sounds like it'd be a good flavor, except for the whiskey. Well, I, yeah,
0: Irish whiskey is a little different, though. Oh, Pretty I sweeter. admit
1: a bit biased on um, alcohol because, again, family of drunks on both sides. I'm so used to even smelling supposedly flavorless alcohol and getting a vision of holding a glass of urine.
0: Mm, that's not good alcohol. Because...
1: You know, it doesn't matter what he, or what she was drinking. My sister would inevitably come home most nights smelling like, uh, you know, smelling like a sewer and a distillery were right next to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a point. There's a tipping point, definitely. And I get that. Um, and, yeah.
1: and I admit that it's personal bias. and I'm not judging anybody mm. for, you know, what they do. Because let's face it, I eat peanut butter and cheese sandwiches. Who am I to talk to other people about taste?
0: Nice. Depends on the cheese, I suppose. I can see oh. that working.
1: Well, it used to be something I actually picked up in college on a dare. Somebody said, hey, uh, Harmony, well, I, I say instead of my real name. Of course. I'll give you five bucks if you put a bunch of peanut butter on a cheese sandwich and eat it. I've decided I liked it. So I started doing it as a dare or as a prank to freak people out that I was <laughs> disgusting. And then I developed a taste for it. There you go. And then I started doing weird stuff with it when I was living in a Lethbridge, especially because I found out that Canadian sharp cheddar was really, really good compared yeah, to the stuff, is. the American cheese I'd been eating in the United States to that point.
0: Oh. Yeah, we have nice cheese here. Jeez. We do.
1: Call it, uh, call it positive prejudice, if you will, but I'm partial to Canadian cheese.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean... To be fair, and, you know, yeah. Golem is here, so nod to uh, Wisconsin cheese. Uh, there's some good stuff coming out of Wisconsin. But, yes, sort of the generic American cheese is, well, you know, it's, it's the American beer of cheese. Yeah. Right? And it's I mean, like, and I say products. that, I say that as a knock. Although, to be fair, the craft beer scene in the U.S. is amazing. You know, like, if you can find... Craft, and you can find craft beer just about anywhere in the U.S., and some of that stuff is just awesome. Okay. Uh, but, you know, your, your Bud Lights and uh, your Coors, right. like, Monty Python had it best. They really did. It's like sex in
1: a canoe. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard that one before. I remember hearing that from the brother of my ex-girlfriend when I was staying in Canada for seven months, you know, who took an instant dislike to me, you know, mm. because I was a Yank and you know. all. Well, and kept talking, you know, talking down anything remotely American around me uh, like he Canadians was trying to get be obnoxious, my
0: goat. too. Like, let's let's be honest.
1: Uh, true, true. I mean, though, I think and this was uh, more the protective older brother sort of thing going on, honestly, because I wasn't a decent or I was a, I should say I was a less decent human being than I am at the time. You know, uh, there, are th- there are things that I'm going to have to answer for, you know, when the time comes. You know, Judgment Day, Trumpets, Sound, all that. But Well, that's everyone. But he did not like, well, here's the thing. At the time I was a Protestant and an American, her mother and her family were, you know, practicing Catholic. I had two strikes against me right there.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: I mean, again, I don't mean that badly. I'm not trying to indict anybody or judge anybody on anything. It's more a matter of I got my, it's more a matter of I lived down to their expectations. I'm not proud of myself for it either. I don't even know where I was going with that. The important thing to remember is I was wearing an onion on my belt. It was a style at the time.
0: No worries. Third museum I wanted to mention just because this one's cool and it's called the Reynolds Museum. And it's located in a little town called Wetasquin. And in the broadest sense, I suppose it's a museum about the agricultural history of Alberta. But here's the thing. Reynolds, I can't remember the guy's full story, but basically, you know, he came back from the war and got into a few different lines of business. And like, he was, you know, self-made man, very, very wealthy. Right. And what he used to do, um, he'd been a pilot. And what he used to do is he would get in his plane Mm -hmm. and he would just fly around fly around the province and if he saw a weird ass looking piece of equipment in the middle of some farmer's field collecting rust and dust he'd land he'd head to the farm and he'd figure out a way to buy it and so this museum has just the oddest assortment of things um you know Steam-powered tractors that are essentially a locomotive but a tractor, um, a special, special walking tractor that was designed for particularly swampy, swampy terrain. So instead of wheels, it has feet that it just kind of shuffles along on. Um, okay. Just and and lots of classic cars. He's got an airplane wing. The rumor is that they have pieces of an Avro Arrow um, under lock and key in the area that the public Avril can't go. Arrow. Avro Arrow was a jet that, uh, well, Avro was a Canadian aircraft design company, um, so like a Boeing, and the Arrow was their, and this was like, this would have been like, you know, back in maybe this is uh, the '60s, roughly. But the Arrow was their next-gen interceptor. Okay. Right. Um, so this was in the era of like the F-86 Saber. The Arrow was a Mach two ultra-high-altitude interceptor with uh, internal weapons base. Okay. Um, it was ultimately scrapped when the government changed. It was put in place under, you know, one Canadian government, and then when the Diefenbaker government came in after an election, they scrapped the program. But, yeah, like, I mean, this, like, you know, this was the area of the F-86, and the F-86 could barely go supersonic if it was in a shallow dive. Um, the arrow was mock. Basically, Mach two in a bit, um, in that time frame. And you know, at the time, internal weapons bays weren't a thing, but nowadays they're all the rage, right? Like the F twenty two, the F thirty five, all of their weapons are stowed internally.
1: I have a friend who used to work as a security police for the uh, for the United States Air Force, and I can't talk about the F twenty two or F thirty five to her without her descending into bouts of rapid fire <laughs> profanity. <laughs> I'm sure, usually involving the word boondoggle.
0: Yeah, well, especially uh, the F-35, from what I hear. But the Arrow. So when they canceled the program, I think they had built six Arrow prototypes, and they were all scrapped, destroyed. That's um, a shame. It it is a huge shame. You know, there's like an urban legend that like one was flown away to Skunk Works, but for all intents and purposes, all of them were destroyed. Um,
1: it's oh, a rumor. delta wing. I googled it.
0: Yes. Oh, it was a beautiful plane and very performant. Um, but anyways, yeah, the rumor is that some pieces of an arrow may be at the Reynolds museum, but they're not on display, but like he has lots of aircraft. He has lots of old cars. He has all this old agricultural stuff, just eclectica. It's pure eclectica in this. And the museum is kind of done up in like a, like the cafeteria is very like a 50 diner fifties diner style. Um, Uh,
1: so retro. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's kind of got, you know, it's got a period feel to it in its own way, but it's it's just it's fun to go to. It's a neat place because it's like it's it's it is literally it's like this is the the history of Alberta, you know, kind of in all of its weirdness. Yeah. You, know, you know.
1: To explain weird Albertan things. And I'm sorry to bring this up on on a podcast.
0: No, no. As I, mean, I said on, I like lived, we're already in the weeds here. <laughs> like
1: you know, I lived there for 7 months, you know, in between Lethbridge and Eventually, after she finished her college, we went to Medicine Hat, where she got a job doing web design, my ex-girlfriend. Right. Well, uh, one thing I noticed when I first came to visit about a year before that was Alberta is a largely flat province, from what I remember.
0: Not as flat as Saskatchewan, but yes. And there's
1: a lot of cattle farming to be had or to be
0: done. In places, in
1: places. I, one thing I distinctly remember when getting off the bus at Lethbridge, and this was something I noticed around Lethbridge for about, you know, I don't remember when I stopped noticing it, but for at least the first week, I, it, it, it was something that permeated my mind.
2: Ah, uh, yes. It was the tender, these
0: subtle... manure.
1: Exactly. And even in a fairly urban area, I don't know if you would consider Lethbridge that large, but... It's a city. Yeah. You know, for somebody who lives in... Uh, Edmonton compared to somebody who grew up in town smaller than 1,000 people, Lethbridge felt, you know, large to me. Fair enough. Felt big to me.
0: You know what? Even Edmonton feels small to me. So. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, right? Like, yes, I grew up in Edmonton, but uh, you know, my wife's family, family, they're from a rural town. My dad's family, they're from a rural town. We have, you know, even on my mom's side of the family, there's lots of, you know, there were lots of like older extended family who lived in rural communities. Um, oh. Most of my grandfather's brothers were farmers of one stripe or another.
2: Right.
1: So, there were so many things that yeah. uh, the locals took for granted that seemed new and interesting and surprising to me, especially being from American small towns, was having a bus system. Ha. Yes. You know. And even though it was like four or five or six buses, you know, going from a central point all around to various areas in Lethbridge, to me, that was still fascinating and extremely convenient.
0: I mean, like, to be fair, Alberta doesn't do public transit as well as many other places in the world do. But it's all right. Like, I can get on the bus at the end of my block. And I don't live in Edmonton anymore. I live in a city outside of Edmonton but I can get on the bus at the end of my block and it will Mm -hmm. take me all the way to downtown Edmonton. It starts as a local route. And then when it gets to like the central station, it turns into what's called the commuter route, which is just the straight shot into Edmonton. And there's different commuter routes. They go to the university, they go downtown they go to Nate or whatever. But yeah, for me, it's like one bus in the morning on days when I'm going to the office, just hop on the bus at the end of my block and it drops me off downtown an hour later.
1: And, other things that I, you know, completely surprised me and kind of gave away the fact that I was not a local was seeing French and English on packaging, even oh, cans of soup at the store. Oh yeah, you know that was kind of the how I gave myself away as not a local was actually trying to read and read the French. Well, I forget not even that, but noticing that the French was even there.
0: Yep, and it's not just. It's hilarious because it's you know you know even stuff that's coming in from overseas you know with labels being printed in China or Japan or wherever it's coming from they have to have the French
1: and now. that's actually because things can potentially go to either the United States or Canada I'm seeing a lot of say uh, entertainment software and equipment here in the United States here down in Florida that has you know French from inform- or French in the manual and I'm not th- I'm talking video games. Sure. I'm talking, uh, my, uh, super Nintendo classic. I'm talking, you know, have, like I said, French, Spanish, and English right in the manual, right on the box.
0: Yep. And actually I've noticed in a few places in the U S too. Now there's and not too many yet, but there's a handful of places I've been where some of the products have been English, Spanish, right. which, you know, fair enough. Like, you know, <laughs> that reflects your demographics the history of Canada is very much caught up in the <laughs> tensions between the English and the French in the, say, 1700s. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, There was the whole big uh, kerfuffle with Le Quebecois when I was up there.
0: and It's still kind of going on. It flares up every few decades. Uh,
1: I feel like we're drowning poor Golem out. I'm sorry.
2: No, I'm having fun. The uh, I'm multitasking and listening and jumping I in can, when I want to. I can tell you
1: I miss Alberta and I miss the amenities of living in Alberta and some of the yeah. things that were up there that were not here far more than I miss the ex-girlfriend.
2: Well, I miss fishing in Canada.
1: I am I miss candy bars that taste like coffee. Coffee crisp.
0: We don't have I that here. love me some coffee crisp. My kids hate it, That's so nice. I make out like a bandit every Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> mine, no. mine, mine, mine. Plus, I'm the only one in the house who can eat nuts. So Reese's, Snickers, Mr. Your family Bains, have nut allergies? Everybody, except me.
1: Um, I remember hearing that sometimes nut allergies can be so bad that even having them in the same household as somebody with the allergy can be a problem.
0: Mm, well, that hasn't been our observation, at least not for the allergies that we have here in the house. I mean, like if I chow down on a Snickers bar and then like immediately go and give my wife like a full-tongue French kiss, yeah, sure, that's going to end badly.
1: Well, but doing one of those without asking would probably end badly anyway. Yeah, At least with my depends. girlfriend. Fiance. Depends.
0: She, she does like the surprise a little bit, but you uh, know, it depends. If I've pissed her off like within the last hour, then maybe uh, not, I don't know. Uh,
1: I my fiance is very much like a cat. When she wants attention, she wants attention. If you try to cuddle or get physical when she's not in the mood, the claws come out. Fair enough. And given that she legitimately worships Sekhmet. Yeah. <laughs> so, well,
0: yeah. My my wife is she likes kisses. May not go further than that, but she likes kisses. Um, but anyways. So, yeah, all the peanut candies, all the nut candies, This is like that Hershey's okay. chocolate with almond, whatever. Um, and then the coffee crisps. Mine mine mine. Um, but yes, we have and we have Kinder eggs.
1: Yeah, well, and all I've actually chips. That's something I don't I've noticed is that was I actually—that's how I marked myself one big time, big time at the grocery store when we were going stuff. Is I saw Kinder eggs. I'm like, "What's that?" You know, and I actually said that out loud, not having seen something like Kinder eggs before.
0: Because in Canadian but, law, you're allowed to have a non-food item entirely yeah. enclosed by a food item.
1: Now they have something like that in the United States, something called like Kinder toy or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I sure, well, and
0: like there's the Kinder Buenos, which are. Like just the chocolate. There's no like prize in the middle of them, but it's the Kinder eggs.
1: Let me actually look it up. It's oh, it's called Kinder Joy. Oh, okay. It's it's oh, sweet cream topped with co- with oh. It's not exactly a chocolate Kinder thing. It's like what It's a plastic shell that looks like a Kinder surprise, uh, but one side has sweet cream and cocoa stuff in it. The other has a little toy. So it's not completely. A food, something completely surrounded by a food product.
0: Yeah. And I believe that's actually why you can't have them. is there just something so, in American food regulations where you can't have a non-food item, i.e. a plastic capsule entirely enclosed by a food. I, here, yeah. I
1: thought it was joking hazard thing about how small some kinder toys come. Mm. I also just remember to kinder, there's
2: too many people who accidentally uh, swallowed. <laughs> a dumb kid ruins fun well, toy for the rest of us.
1: Well, there's a reason that I had really? a, my lawn dart toys taken away from me the day I got them as a birthday present.
0: <laughs> oh, lawn darts. Whoever thought that up. <sighs> but I, all dress chips, I, man. All dress chips. It's all dress chips.
1: I don't, I don't remember having those.
0: It's like, so basically it's like barbecue plus, well, hang on. I got to look this up. I th- I want to say it's like barbecue plus salt and vinegar plus sour cream and onion
1: so two good things plus something unholy okay yes
0: hang on a sec the flavor combines oh sorry i was wrong all dressed properly speaking uh is the combination of barbecue ketchup and salt and vinegar
1: i'm actually having a oh all dressed okay
0: yeah all dressed
1: i was trying to put that in as one word oh it's actually two words and i look it up and there's a canadian a flag maple leaf right on the right on the bag okay
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's not subtle but yeah it's it's a very canadian potato chip flavor
1: oh there are some things though that i don't miss. i mean while i miss tim bits while i miss good tim hortons boston cream donuts i've sure heard they're not so good anymore
0: yeah they switched a few years ago to like they used to be entirely made and baked in store um, and then as the chain grew and became the juggernaut that it is, they switched to sort of more of like a centrally par-baked and then shipped out solution. So it loses a little something. It's not quite as fresh-baked anymore. Yeah. Still
1: all right, though. i trying to remember. There were a couple of things I don't miss. One was CanCon, no offense meant.
0: Well, there's some great... Oh, so none taken.
1: I mean, while there was some great tv that i've seen in canada you know i i watched you know i marked out heavily for ytv when i was there you know being the animator that i am even if it was the commonly available stuff like basically being a full grown adult you know admittedly if you know growing you know spending the afternoon you know cleaning the house or sorry the apartment and preparing supper you know for when my girlfriend got home from work I would spend the afternoon literally like watching Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Digimon, <laughs> Pokemon, and what else was it?
0: Okay, technically I, none of that is CanCon.
1: <laughs> well, given the fact that it was all translated and done by jap or by Canadian voice acting talent in Canada,
0: yeah, I guess I they kind of a cal- Yeah, I guess they kind of slip it by under the radar that way. But strictly speaking, it's not CanCon. I don't know.
1: the I mean, it was Canada that added the Sailor Moon says stuff to Sailor Moon, but I think that was largely to, due to American broadcast standards saying that uh, cartoons had to have so much percentage of educational content. Right. But things that I, or the thing was, well, while there were some very good things on the radio, because we kept the radio on when we didn't weren't listening to TV.
0: Who didn't? Kids tuning in at home. Radio is what existed before uh, MP3s. Right. I can't tell you
1: legitimately the radio station we were listening. To. I forgot which one it was, but it was mostly popular and rock and roll.
0: You know what? There's so many, right? So many. And they're they're so regionally varied, right? Like, I mean, right. if you were listening to radio stations in Lethbridge, half of them you wouldn't even get in Calgary, and vice versa. Uh,
1: I am not even joking that I heard bare naked ladies one week at least three to four times a day on that station.
0: Yeah, oh, God. And do not get me started on when Shania Twain came along.
1: No. <laughs> And, you know, I can't say much because one of my favorite songs that's on regular play these days is the Weird Al parody of One Week Jerry Springer. (laughs) (laughs) I make jokes, but a cousin of mine actually used to be one of the people they would show up on Jerry Springer. I I found out from him that, you know, everything about that show was staged. It's scripted.
2: Oh, I'm entirely certain. I thought that was obvious to everyone for the longest time.
1: I didn't know it but when Maury's I was younger. But real,
2: right? Please tell me Maury is real.
1: <laughs> but seriously, he—I think they had him swimming in like a in a swimming pool full of mashed potatoes or something equally ignorant. But anyway, sexy. Uh, the sad thing is, I've known people who that was their fetish. But we won't get into that
2: <laughs> tangent. Hmm. But I'm at a giant uh, table of Chick Fil A. That's a much better one. I fetish. have <laughs> I mean, I heard so many
1: obscure musical acts that, you know, (laughs) while some of them were good, you know, decent, a lot of it, I don't know that I would say was fit for radio. I mean, it was good. Okay. But, you know, some of it was just obscure as crap. I mean,
0: yeah, it was. was...
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there were two different, uh, groups. I should say one was a performer and the other was a group that my girlfriend at the time raved about that I had never heard of, That I, you know, I would have considered it a definitive Cancon because they were, you know, well known in Alberta, but I'd never heard of them before I set foot there. Sure. Uh, some some group called uh, Captain Tractor.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, Captain, Captain Tractor's Captain all right, but it's very it's, it's he's painfully Albertan. <laughs>
1: and this one, uh, uh, this one guy she kind of obsessed over called uh, Duncan Sheik.
0: I even I've never heard of him. See, uh, but then again, I I was a country music kid growing up, and oh yeah. my gosh,
2: the and well, you know what? I
0: still like country today, but oh my gosh, Cancon country, you had Blue Rodeo, and then you had until about the mid nineties mostly crap.
1: <laughs> and I don't even know why he counted. I I don't even know why. Okay, I just looked him up, and I don't even know why she that I consider this Cancon. The dude's from New Jersey.
0: Maybe he recorded in, like, Montreal or something. You know, that's the funny thing, is that if you really start to scratch at CanCon, and, like, what counts as CanCon and doesn't, you realize just how desperate they got at points. I mean, bad.
1: I remember when I was actually seriously considering emigrating up there, you know, when when she and I were serious, as in to the point of looking at rings together.
0: Right, Sure. sure.
1: Well, I was... I remember looking at what it took to uh, to move from the United States to Canada. And contrary to popular belief, actually being married wasn't entirely a sure bet. It's smooth things, but there was still a lot of rigmarole. I was Can
0: confirm. Can confirm. I've seen multiple French struggle through this process.
1: I've been I was as much as told by a lawyer, if you want to get up here, there's a few things that will make it a lot easier for you. But if you don't qualify for any of these things, well, you're SOL. I was told if you're rich, if you're a performing artist, if you're a sports player, or if you're some sort of uh, high brain profession, like say a doctor or, a, or, a, or some sort of somebody with, you know, alphabet soup past your name. I was right. especially told that being doctors would be because of so much brain drain from people coming down here.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would not trade our healthcare system for yours
2: at all. I can't blame you.
0: you know, um, the unfortunate side effect is that, you know, yeah, like, I mean, even like like my family doctor, right? Like, you know, the guy who was my doctor for as long as I could remember having a doctor, um, at some point, even he, you know, just like, you know what, sorry, um, Sorry. I'm closing my clinic. I'm moving to the States. You know, I can just, it was literally a make ends meet thing for him there. You know, the amount that he could earn as a doctor in the US was way, way more uh, than he was going to be earning here enough that, you know, it was actually a decent living. Um, It's gotten better, but it's, you know, it's kind of one of the downsides, I suppose, to the system that we have.
1: Okay. And I can can see that now. And coming from the American, well, rather I should say the uh, low income American side of let's face it. I live in a trailer for Pete's sake. The, right. the bulk of the medical professionals that i see are either nurse practitioners or phys, or uh, physicians assistants i when i actually do see somebody with doctor in their title they're usually somebody who got their degree from a non, from somewhere outside of the united states you know i have no prejudices there I mean, you know go to where you can make ends meet if you got you, you, everybody's got to feed their families
0: you know what you'll find that but, here too though i mean a lot of the especially in the rural communities, you're going to find a lot of doctors whose degrees are from not here.
1: And again, I have no judgments there. I mean, if you, if you can make a better living somewhere,
0: by all means, move there. Well, that's the thing. And you know what? Like that's part of it, right? Is like that's, you know, becoming a doctor in, you know, becoming the, the significant investment of becoming a doctor in wherever these people are from is in many respects, their ticket out. Right. Fair enough. And but again, yeah, no, no disrespect to them, and you know, certainly no, no prejudice against coming in. But you know, like that's when you actually, you know, start digging into their stories a little bit. For a lot of them, that's um, that's just the reality of it. And it's like, well, cool. Like, glad you got here. Then I guess you know, like, nope.
1: congratulations. And at the risk of sounding, well, I don't know, uh, proper term would be. But outside of the income, I don't know why somebody would want to move from Canada to the United States. You know, i I've served, mm-hmm. I've worked, I've served in the nation's military. You know, I've ta- you know, I've taken the oath of service. You know, I've pledged my allegiance, etc., etc., etc. But given how um, uh, given how Canada takes care of its citizens compared to how America takes care of its citizens,
0: no, I get you. I do, and. Yeah, I can't think of too many reasons other than, you know, it's a really great employment opportunity. That'd be about it. I mean,
1: and one thing that really surprised me, you know, as, and this is something that actually made me feel really good living in Lethbridge for the time that I did. In more than one case, I saw, you know, somebody sitting like doing greeting work or, you know, front desk receptionist work at this or that business that they had a sign up that said, "Um, if you know, if I don't look up at you as you come in i'm not being rude i you know i am you know i have uh i'm trying to think of the politically correct term for it but they basically they were very hard of hearing you know to the point where they were legally disabled Mm -hmm. but apparently the government found them a job that they could do while you know not being able to hear
0: yep and because of course they're canadians they found a very polite way to say sorry (laughs) and put that on a sign right in front of them Mm -hmm. (sighs) There was that, uh, there's a comic I saw on Twitter and I retweeted it from one of my various Twitter accounts, I think from WTF dragon, but it was, you know, literally like, you know, how to Canadian and in both panels, one character or the other was saying, sorry to the other. It's just like, ah, yeah, there you go.
1: That's, you know, to get to that. And I'm very sorry for going here. There's a YouTube channel. I follow periodically called man shorts. And they have D and D whatever editions, things like D and D nineties edition, where they're essentially playing guys, people from the nineties, or D and D Florida edition, where their characters <laughs> are playing out stuff from you know Florida the various man, Florida man yeah. stories. Well, one time, the, or they've had two episodes of D and D Canadian edition, and their first episode had them going to Newfoundland and getting screeched in.
0: Well, yes,
1: and they actually also talked about. One of the legendary things of seeing two Canadians trying to go through the same door from opposite
2: sides.
0: (laughs) It's true. You know, most stereotypes have some truth to them. Stereotypes about Canadians have just a painful amount of truth to them. (laughs) It's just the way it is.
1: Well, if we're going to talk about Canadian stereotypes, I could bring up South Park, but I won't.
0: Well.
2: The Blame Canada song's kind of been played to death anyway. Oh, not even that.
1: I'm talking about the episode where the Jewish family is getting their Canadian adopted son circumcised. And I was like, Oh, he's (laughs) he's Canadian. And they pull out a smaller knife.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but then I haven't exactly done exhaustive research in that department. So, Uh, What do you know? But uh, I will say Robin Williams performing blame Canada at the Oscars. Still one of my favorite memories of him. Ugh.
1: Rest in peace. Yes. But I, you know, I remember hearing some people being very, very offended about that, saying that it was an insult to Canada when it was, and when it's Robin Williams, he's not trying to insult Canada or anybody. He's, you know, he's, he gives everybody the grief. You
2: know, well, I always thought that was half the fun of him. It was just poking I, fun at everyone.
0: Yep. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I just liked the song, right? Because like the song was so crazy over the top. It was and, just like my parents were like I, you know, my family used to watch the Oscars as a family, which is weird, but um, you know, my parents were just like horribly offended by this, and I'm just like silently snickering to myself. I'm just like, oh, this is hilarious. This is great. I love this.
1: And the whole point of the whole movie was not so much that Canada was at fault for putting out putting out a sh- a, a movie about a bunch of cursing people who farted a lot because well that was that's what Terrence and Philip were, but. It was mostly about America, concerned American parents willing to start a war with Canada rather than realize, oh, this happened because we weren't paying attention and actually parenting our kids.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But you know what, though? I did, you know, I like, I mean, me watching that as a Canadian, you know, I I got that part of it. But then I also looked at like the Terrence and Phillips stuff, and I'm just like, you know, a lot of the stuff that we produce, like a lot of the... CanCon, which, by the way, for those tuning in and have no idea what the hell CanCon is, Canadian content, okay? So there's actual laws in Canada. Television stations, radio stations, broadcasters, essentially, of any stripe, need to have a certain percentage of their content from Canadian sources. I wanted to say it's around 30%, but that might just be for radio stations. I don't know. At any rate, um, if you are any kind of broadcaster in Canada, you have to ensure that... A certain percentage of your airtime is devoted to Canadian-produced content. Hence, CanCon. Right, back to. Um, This was, like, at the time, there was some controversy in various circles in Canada over the fact that, yeah, a lot of the stuff that was getting produced was... Kind of gross sometimes, kind of risque, more than it needed to be, kind of, um, you know. All um, I
1: have to say, Yvonne of the Yukon.
0: Yeah, well. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of, you know, it's it's just interesting hearing, you know, you're looking at it from the perspective of a critique of uh, poor American parenting and, and a warmongering response there too and i'm looking at it from the perspective of perspective. yeah well you know canada was producing some really detestable shit at the time so oh. <laughs> uh,
1: i will be honest with you that's something that's endemic at least i don't wouldn't say if it's endemic to the united states and i really have no place to judge because i don't have children of my own but something i see a lot at least in you know reactions to media or reactions to this or that or violence in video games or tv his parents, rather than blaming themselves for letting their kid watch that thing, are blaming the people who put out whatever. And if somebody no. points out, "Well, why did you let them watch that?" the parent gets violently offended.
2: We also have the issue of a lot of comedians, and there's—I have to lump Canada in this because one of my, one of the Canadian comedians I used to watch quite regularly is falling into the same trap of going for the easy jokes by just going crude and.
1: Uh, Bob Saget.
0: No, Russell Peters.
1: I don't. I can't say I
0: know the name.
2: He's an Indian. Um, first he was funny for a long time, but yeah, he's kind of
0: gotten eh lately.
2: Yeah, like he's oh. is his most recent special did. It's like, oh, really? You're gonna uh, go that way? But speaking it's like, of, it could be a lot better. Just was kind of sad. Well,
1: again, back to CanCon because I, you know, I I consumed a lot of animated programs because let's face it, a lot of the stuff I saw you know, for live TV at the time that I was normally awake was just weird or infomercials.
0: Yeah, well, yeah.
1: So I saw a lot of bizarre content. Things With like...
0: The Showcase Review.
1: Well, there was this one TV show that I watched periodically on Teletoons because it was about the only thing that was on that wasn't red-green. <laughs> that being said, I liked it. That being said, I grew a fondness for red-green, but you can have too much of a good thing. True, true. You know, he was a, essentially a Canadian Tim Allen who was less of an idiot. And, you know, some of the brilliant things they made with duct tape, even though it was obviously fake, were humorous.
0: Yes. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, oh my, you know, though, I got to say. It's the level um, of absurdity, like the song from South Park that just adds to some of that, though.
1: You know, and to this day, I still remember Quando Omni Moritati.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: Although, I got to say, Absolute favorite red green moment was it was red sitting down with and the character's name eludes me. Um shoot, hang on, I gotta look this up because <laughs> I gotta I gotta get this guy's name right. Because if I don't, then I'm just gonna it's it's gonna be bad. But it was it was one of those things where it was like, right. So Graham Green was Graham Greene was the actor and who the heck was he playing? Who the heck was he playing? Um, Oh, that's right. So he was playing a a character named Edgar Montrose, who was an explosives Explosives. enthusiast. Okay. Um, So sort of the demolitions expert, I guess. Um, So yes, Graham Greene. And I mean like Graham Greene, very famous actor. Um, He was nominated for best supporting actor, in Dances with Wolves, right? Kevin, another one of those Kevin Costner epics. Uh, what,
1: was the, what was that name again? Dances with Wolves. Ac- I know the movie. What was the yeah. gentleman's name again? I zoned out. Graham for- Green. I- Green.
0: Green is himself Native American, uh, well, Canadian. Um, but, anyways, yeah. So he was nominated Best Sporting Actor. He played the the chief of the tribe in Dances with Wolves. Oh, him? Yeah. And so on the Red Green show, he played Edgar Montrose, this explosives enthusiast. Uh, And, of course, partially deaf because exploding things. Um, But him and Red Green were just having this one conversation. And for some reason, the subject turned to the Oscars. And he just kind of like lazily leans back in his chair and he's just like, oh, yeah, I remember that. The Indian guy should have won. Still my favorite line from, from red green, because it's like, you know, it's like at the same time, sort of self-referential humor, but in context, it was just hilarious. It was great.
1: I but, uh, still remember him too, or him from something else, Uh Val Kilmer movie, Thunderheart. Uh, yeah. he played the guys who called Val Kilmer the Washington Redskin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He, yeah, that was 1992. So that was just after dances with wolves, I think. Yeah. It was a couple of years after dances with wolves. He he did so much though, like he he was in just so many things, um. But anyways, yeah, that was that was a good show.
1: But some of the other things I saw there that just made no sense at all. But you know, because they would take actual you know existing uh, intellectual properties and make you know uh, children's shows out of them. I mean, I mean, I remember a live action series made off of that really weird movie that had to have involved a lot of drugs because it involved Mrs. Garrett from and Tim Curry, uh, the woman who played Mrs. Garrett from, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the show, uh, The Facts of Life. Okay. It was The Worst Witch. Hmm. And they made a TV series out of it, but this was the most bizarre movie because it was about a boarding school for, uh, for witches, for little, for girls learning magic. And they had Tim Curry playing the Grand Wizard, which had nothing to do with the KKK, mind you. Right. And they had him with a song and dance number talking about magic. It was basically had every cheesy uh, Technicolor '80s, uh, you know, you know, it 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 was a low production value, but they made a TV series out of it, which was just silly. You know, Hogwarts before Hogwarts was cool, or was a thing even. I remember seeing a Casper the Friendly Ghost cartoon, which made no sense, because they added so many characters that had nothing to do with the original source material.
0: <laughs> yeah, well.
1: I remember a Problem Child uh, cartoon, animated series.
0: I, I remember this. I never watched it, but I remember it existing.
1: And I remember it being horribly bad, and somehow mm, making yes. its way to the United States. <laughs> and still managing to get gilbert godfrey to play the principal
0: did you ever pick up the raccoons
1: the raccoons the co-
0: golem golem did that ever make it across the border to you huh so i am actually got distracted me, by Spacing out on I'm me ha- the I'm raccoons. having to did look the raccoons her up. ever make it down to you When was one would that have
1: been looking
2: up the dates
0: canadian animated series broadcast from 1985 to
2: 1992 i heard of it never did watch it though oh my gosh Mm. I do remember
0: seeing a Watership Down cartoon.
2: Oh, okay. The Watership Down cartoon is
0: insane. I don't know why my parents ever rented that, but that was traumatizing.
1: Well, I've read the novel. Of course it was.
0: Well, yes, but I mean, my parents rented it. They're just like, here, it's a cartoon about bunnies. Oh God, what is this?
1: I can't remember if that counted as CanCon because country of origin shows as both U S and
0: Canada. I think, yeah, it was a collaborative effort, but it would count as CanCon because, you know, partly produced here at any rate right. still. Oh, it's just terrible, terrible cartoon. Oh my gosh. Not for kids. Um,
1: <laughs> but then I remember one about super powered <laughs> infants called mega babies. I think I remember that. Right I've now. heard
0: of too. Yeah. But other, there was, was some great.
1: genuinely good things that came out of, uh, canadian 3d animation uh i believe it was called mainframe studios that shows like reboot.
2: reboot
0: yeah well
1: not just reboot but beast wars and beast machines
0: yeah mm-hmm. beast wars was all right too oh shoot that was the thing i wanted to look up
1: please tell me. i can't remember if those counted as can con though uh reboot certainly did, did oh and it? Beast.
2: oh the stupid netflix thing that they did with reboot oh god i never should have watched that
1: oh speaking of Beast Wars. You know, they actually got an animated sequel only in Japan. Yeah. Uh let me see. Uh Cho okay. Cho Seimatai uh Transforma Beast Wars Secondo. Or sorry. Super Lifeform Transformers Beast Wars 2. Mm-hmm.
2: No a certain female friend of mine was messaging me and it's a little more important than
1: <laughs> Oh, it's quite alright, you know. I have a short list of priorities. It's family, or sorry, mom, family, friends. Well, sorry, mom, fiance, family. But then again, technically, I could argue that Susan counts as family. I'd say so. Uh,
0: did you guys ever play with Battle Beasts?
1: Battle Beasts. No, um, I did the,
0: not.
1: Myself. The name rings a bell. I've, let me actually look up. Okay. Oh, the whole toys that had, like, fire, wood, water, holographic things on them?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I remember the the commercials for them showing generally when I was watching Transformers as a kid.
0: Well, they were tied to the Transformers mythos, so that would be why.
1: Oh, yeah, they were both put out by Takara. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Oh, and they're listed as Autobots and Decepticons. Lovely, that'd be why. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I was very insistent at that age. I want the robot ones. I don't want the animal ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any of that. I was mostly into Legos. My friend was really into Battle Beasts, so.
1: Yeah, one of my old lady friends was very much wanting Transformers as a girl and her, kid, and her and her family, you know, not her parents, they were supportive. We're all, "Wouldn't you like these Barbies?" "No, robots." You know, but those those robots, those are boys toys. You wouldn't be interested in those." "RC." It should be mentioned that said friend later went and joined the military and is also uh, belted in multiple uh, uh, multiple martial styles. So
0: nice. Ugh, <laughs> uh, goodness, been a long week. Yes,
2: <laughs> week. but I kept it
0: parent. off by setting up a Bedrock dedicated server. I did that today. That was a fun thing.
1: Um, That's good. I'm assuming Bedrock is a form of programming language or software environment?
0: No, Bedrock Dedicated, Dedicated server, server is the officially Mojang-supported roll-your-own Minecraft server.
1: Roll-your-own Minecraft? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by roll-your-own. I just normally did random generated worlds.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. but like uh-huh. this is actually like a server that I can set up to host a world for land play.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So... Uh, I mean, it's kind of redundant with the way that they've got it for Windows 10 now, right? Because like Windows 10, if you have a bunch of Minecraft playing computers all on the same LAN, um, you can jump into each other's worlds kind of at whim. But, yeah, but having the server, you know, sort of lets you have, okay, well, this is like the one dedicated world and everybody can join. Plus, uh, the, LAN, like the LAN support, like if my kid starts a game just locally and her instance of Minecraft and her friends are on the same network... They can join in, but only eight of them, whereas the server, I can set a limit on how many can join, even if it's 50.
1: I have to ask. Uh, when I played Minecraft, with several years ago, and it was the old Java client. I'm assuming on win- the Minecraft for Windows 10 that I've heard about is a standalone executable. It's not a Java.
0: Right. So, Minecraft for Windows 10. Okay, well, it really all starts with Minecraft Pocket Edition, right? Which was the standalone client for iOS and Android. And then, kind of in the wake of the Microsoft acquisition, Pocket Edition has grown to encompass Win 10, right? So it comes over the Microsoft Store. It's a UWP right. app, right. Um, but also Xbox. And I think the right. PlayStation version is based on it as well, but of course, no crossplay. Um,
1: I think I've heard that they're trying to—they're
0: ch- trying to was, do something yes. there. Yeah, I don't know what's going to come of it, but at any rate, so yeah, this new edition, and I actually don't know what language it's coded in. I don't think it's Java. Um, but it is, it's kind of, and, and the Java version is still getting attention, but you know, they're really working on getting the win 10 slash Xbox slash iOS edition, um, up to par with everything that Java can do, like the Java edition can do. Because
1: um, uh, I've noticed they had a much lower price for the win 10 edition versus the old Java version
2: depending well, on which package the Java you buy. one you can do so much with mods and you can't do that with the i Those also can but it's a
0: little bit more different but on the flip side the this you know whatever we're going to call it edition um because it's no longer just pocket edition um right. you know now is fully integrated with microsoft's content marketplace all right so you know um free you know free and for pay skins, worlds, everything really.
1: you know and I have so many questions because the concept of Minecraft fascinated me. I mean, I remember trying out a free you know demo of Minecraft on my PS4 versus the version I used to play on my PC, which right. I got under less than decent circumstances, but you know I've long since deleted and washed my hard drive of that anyway. What I remember about the P the PS4 version that really turned me off compared to the PC version was that it, it, rather than actually putting stuff you know manually into whatever you know workstation I was building something on, it had it basically drop down uh, navigable menus of stuff. Do you, you want to build this? Do You need this and this and this and this.
0: Yeah, that's kind of. Par- I mean, there's been a lot of refinement since then. Um... I don't know i don't really have that early view to compare against so i'm not really sure and i've never really even touched java edition so i don't really know but
1: i also remember that supposedly compared to the java edition the world size in the uh, the the console and mobile and win 10 editions had a much larger or sorry a much smaller theoretical world size to the point that some of the stuff that a lot of people made on the Java version wouldn't be able to be done because the world isn't remotely that large.
0: That may have been a limitation at the start. I don't know if it's still true. Certainly the worlds in my kids' roll up seem vast. Uh, and I mean, like like I say, Microsoft has been putting a lot of focus into getting the non-Java edition of the game um, up to par with Java, right? Um, so that's they've been putting a lot of focus on that. And... and- they recently re- released this dedicated server software. So, uh, you know, rather than going with like a third-party Minecraft server, it's like, hey, here's the officially Mojang released and supported Minecraft server. Roll your own.
1: Let me actually check the current going price on Minecraft for Windows 10. Ah, uh, $16 or yeah. 17 US, okay. yeah, That's put- right at about the same price, uh, I think, that the Java version is.
0: Hang on, I got to look now. Searching because they have different content packs. or they you have know, I'm different, talking, uh, different versions of Minecraft I'm just
1: talking the core Minecraft oh my it's calling it starter collection. I'm just talking re- straight up Minecraft without any of the without any of the skins and fancy premium stuff, you know, actually yeah. just so Minecraft.
0: Minecraft for Windows ten right now, uh retails for it's saying
1: that it's normally twenty six ninety nine US uh, off to sixteen ninety
0: nine. Yeah, it's on actually right now because it's the tenth anniversary. Ah, and then starter pack is normally Canadian thirty nine ninety nine. I can get it for twenty five ninety nine right now. And then there's the master edition, um, which is fifty
1: one ninety nine. And Java Minecraft is the same. They're the same price now.
0: Yeah, like, well, I mean, they did their big, and this was almost a couple of years ago now, they did their big play together update, or better together update. So basically um, supporting crossplay between the Java and Win10 clients. Meh. And then mm. <clears throat> basically That's since good. then, every update they've pushed has been unified for the platforms. Okay. So the latest one is Villagers and Pillagers, which um, adds different villager NPC types who have different roles uh, and different attire based on role and even some rudimentary schedules. Like my daughter just one day started freaking out at the computer. She's just like, why is the villager sleeping in my bed? Um,
1: oh, Java,
2: apparently they added Java, a schedule. I thought Java's had this that was, for a while. because this, this is where I, I slap, slap myself bed, and uh... tell
1: myself to behave.
0: <laughs> yes, well. Um, yeah, like Java, I, and that's what I mean. Like, you know, they're, they're really working on... Like I say, making sure that everything is fully aligned between the two platforms. And I don't know if they're going to keep it. What Java am I or not,
1: seeing? But. Somebody running Windows, what looks like Windows Vista on a Switch. Why? And then playing because pinball on it. Because it's there.
0: Because it's there.
2: What's <laughs> oh, um, playing Doom on a TI-82? Someone's going to try to do it eventually.
1: I've seen somebody do an ASCII version of Quake once.
2: That'd be all right. I'd like that. It'd
0: you know, be
1: fun to see.
2: I think I have
0: seen that.
1: All right. And back when I played Minecraft, it was, you know, it was not long after they put in the end. I, I don't remember at all. I remember hearing what sound, I remember seeing creepers and breaking out into a cold sweat. I remember feeling yeah. so happy because I found a few chunks of iron enough to make myself one single pickaxe. <laughs> and nice. my the, my house was a joke. I basically had... It was like a five by five complex where I had like one double chest. I had my, you know, I had my workbench. I had my uh, forge for firing, uh, smelting stuff. And, Hmm. you know, right outside my home, I basically had a hole leading into the ground into my mine, which was bad because I did this crisscross pattern of mine shafts, you know, basically strip mining under the ground looking for, material and i found a i found a creeper right under my house you know like literally one one blocks depth under my under my house's floor and not long after i found that yeah i didn't have a house anymore or my house didn't have a floor and since all my stuff was on my floor i didn't have any stuff that's when i stopped playing minecraft
0: fair enough the one
1: thing where I got somewhat creative was I knew that I could take and grow wheat and turn that wheat into bread and not starve to death. Because I, I realized just going out randomly killing pigs and cows for meat to cook wouldn't be sustainable. Just like I knew going out and cutting down trees wouldn't be sustainable. So I always kept a supply of bone dust to turn tree or saplings into, yeah.
2: Well, if you know how to breed the animals, you can get... Fair amount of them.
1: But, so I realized, oh, if I could, you know, it, took, it was so much painful trial and error. Oh, I can uh, use a hoe to till earth to make a, where I can plant seeds. Oh, but I need to make sure they have water within so many hexes. So I started trying to make irrigated three by three squares of, of wheat. Then I realized, oh, I'm in a frost biome, so my water is icing over and not actually growing my... And not actually, you know, giving any irrigation to my crops. So I started putting torches around my around the water so it wouldn't melt.
0: Nice. See, and this is what my daughter wants to become a streamer for. Just wants to stream her doing odd stuff in Minecraft all day.
1: Uh question. <laughs> and don't take this the wrong way. How old is your daughter? And I'm not trying to make any judgmental, creepy things here at all. A
0: little You're young sorry. to satisfy the terms of service for twitch or youtube
1: i believe to properly be a twitch streamer you have to either be over 18 or over 13 and have parental permission yes I okay so a little Real,
0: young for that latter category
1: realistically if in the latter category even in the latter category you're going to have to worry about creepy people because let's face it uh, how to put this nicely hell is other people
0: hmm well, fortunately, the computer that she would be doing any recording on a doesn't even have a webcam, <laughs> and b she has no interest in doing webcam stuff, anyways. Um, she's That's just smart. like I just want to show gameplay.
1: That's smart. I I use a webcam mostly because I figure seeing how I'm acting and how I'm reacting is a little bit of it. Because whenever something amazing happens, and my eyes, you know, I try to be expressive on camera. For sure. Oh. Again, it's a good thing she, you know, if she was, or while I would recommend streaming, I would also recommend, you know, being very careful about it in that age range because.
0: Oh, for sure. I know there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, gosh, what was that recent controversy about like comments on YouTube videos? Just like, oh my gosh, Oh, seriously the, the, sick people out there.
1: You know, the videos themselves are perfectly fine, but the comments were so creepy. The video, the videos got demonetized. One of the many reasons I'm on Twitch is basically as long as I'm uh, keeping my clothes on and not committing a crime, I'm okay.
0: There you go. Cool.
1: And you'd be surprised how many people actually violate those terms.
0: Oh, I know. (laughs) I know.
1: I mean, and I will say this about Twitch, you know, speaking as a streamer, I I won't call myself a professional streamer, even though I get paid a hundred, you know, a bit of money, like maybe once every two or or once or sorry, twice to three times a year if I'm lucky.
0: Right. You
1: know, I won't go into details, you know, on a publicly viewed thing because Twitch frowns on you, you know, actually sharing the details of your contract if you're a if they're paid affiliate because For sure. there is contract and tax paperwork to be done. But you'd be surprised how many people violated the nudity rules and... Why I'm glad that they apply to both genders. It's not just that girls keep your shirts on; it's guys put a shirt on.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Anyways,
1: I I'm not trying to up. be creepy here. I, 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 you know, I think it's in the interest of
0: fairness. You oh, know, yes, equality. Sure. No, 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 no. And I get that. Ah, and I mean, these are conversation. Come on, like I, I work in a related field. Like I, I. <laughs> these are. On the one hand, it's like, cool. I'm glad you like gaming and I'm glad you want to like share that with other people. But equally, this is the stuff of your dad's nightmares. Literally.
1: Forewarned, (laughs) forewarned, just forearmed. I mean, I'm no parent, but I would say if she wants to, you know, okay with reservations, you know, keep an eye on that. Make sure nobody's, make sure there's mods there to, you know, lay down the law.
2: Yep. Well, the only kid streamer I know of, one of the parents is always there as a mod.
1: That's what one thing I would absolutely recommend is you or your wife being, you know, in the chat watching while she's streaming. So, you know, if something happens.
2: And the funny part is, like, the kid I have has at times, like, if the mom com- comes in and, like, brings in, like, something to eat or something like that for the kid, the kid has actually said, like, it's so cute.
1: Well, my mom has <laughs> no. said that while I've been streaming. I might be in my 40s and living with my mother. Say what you will, she, you know, I defend it with her being elderly and needing somebody to do things she can't do for herself.
2: Well, look at Asmongold, one of the larger streamers on Twitch, and he stays at home taking care of his mom. It's not that big of a deal.
1: Asmongold, I hear that name and I think Magic the Gathering for whatever reason.
2: Nope, World of Warcraft was the, his.
1: Oh, he's doing game. classic, wow, ew.
2: Yeah, he's doing classic well, but he's been playing ESO lately as well, and he's played like Witcher Three and some other games too lately, and I think he's been kind of enjoying at times branching out and playing other games. I know he had a lot of fun with one of the Dark Souls games.
1: I'm nice. jealous because I'm not in the beta. And I mean, largely the-
2: what? It was like almost fifteen years playing the same game basically. So I think he's kind of enjoying branching oh.
1: out. Oh, absolutely. I mean for me, though, streaming isn't just something I do to make money because I'm not making much money off of it. I will never make a living streaming because I'm not aspen Gold. I'm not Co-Carnage. I'm not Fudy, I'm not even pro Jared.
2: Or sort of popping. The list is well. You know what? That's
0: not a bad thing not to be these days, based on everything
2: that's coming out now. <laughs> and that's why I brought it up. Well, it's been a, it's been a hobby for me back when it was a gif in a chat room that would just but, update. I'm
1: happy to share my gameplay with people, you know, that are my friends. And it's something that keeps mom busy and, you know, keeps her entertained.
0: I would if I had more time, but
2: I just don't time. What's time. I know. Right. Is that like money. Is that like a fictional thing? Like money that it's, claim exists. I'm, Maybe if this
0: video game machine thing that I just bought off, Stardock is any good. I'll, uh, consider making some
1: reminded of, an, I'm reminded of an old saying, something about, A young man has all the time and all the energy, but none of the money. A grown man has all the money and, you know, all the energy, but none of the time. An old man has all the energy and all, or sorry, all the money and all the time, but none of the energy.
0: Yeah, and you can have time, energy, or money. Pick two. Anyways, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to have to call it because I can hear my son playing his glowworm which means he may <laughs> fall back asleep on his own or he may need my attention. And I should be ready for that either way.
2: Uh, it's already 1236 in the morning. so
0: Yeah. And you need to get to bed. <laughs> Just a little. Just knowing you, you had an
2: early start today. Oh yeah. I've been up since 3 a.m. So I'm almost at. You've almost gone 24. Not good. No, not good at all. Especially with Monday and Tuesday. and But I got a total of what? Two and a half hours of sleep. I'll take your word for it Wow, there's almost three hours of recorded audio so far,
0: and I'm sure there's a bit of blank silence at the start of that, but
1: uh, And we've mostly been talking
2: about CanCon Yeah, well (laughs) Whatever the topic ends up being, it ends up being I never worry about it Okay,
0: well, thank you all and uh, I guess we will do this again when next the opportunity presents itself
2: Oh,
1: thank you you. I enjoy talking to all of you
2: Yeah, it's good It's good to have these It's like a
1: normal throughout
2: the workday stuff. Just audio instead of text. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Y'all have a good night. You too. Night. Sweet dreams.
0: If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email at ultimacodex at gmail.com or if you're feeling a bit braver you can leave us a voice message in one of three places the podcast website our Facebook page or on anchor.fm you're also welcome to join us on Discord to chat with us and to lurk or contribute to podcast recordings when they happen if you want to join the Ultimate Dragons you can do so at udic.org where you can choose your very own dragon name you can also find the Ultimate Dragons on Facebook and on Google Plus you can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter or join them on Slack or Discord and if you're feeling really old school you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug you can do so at Patreon where for as little as a dollar a month you can get access to episodes the day before they go live for everyone else. You'll also get access to behind the scenes audio on occasion and possibly other interesting content. But if a monthly subscription isn't your thing you can always buy your video games at GOG. We are a partner of that fine site and every time you buy one or more games at GOG via the links on our websites or in the show notes, that helps us out. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam, 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at Spam, 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 humbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous.